everyone, and welcome to Sugar Daddies, a podcast where two grown men rate and review seasonally available mass-produced foodstuffs. As always, to my right, I am joined by Alex. And as always, to my left, I am joined by Chris. Hey, Chris, um, did you say mass-produced? I did, and that does not fit the mold today. Because it's your birthday! Yes, it is my birthday. That is so exciting. You're going to be, what, like a thousand years old now? And I'll tell you, I don't look a day over 34. For those of our listeners who missed our previous birthday episode, uh, let me explain how this works. On our birthdays, the person whose birthday it is gets to choose whatever they'd like to do for the podcast that day, and we a little bit throw our format out the window. And I was honestly hoping that you would forget I had a birthday, but unfortunately, because of our draconian rules, I must have a birthday episode. That you must, Chris. That you must. So I don't really celebrate my birthday. It seems silly to me to have a lot of hoopla about a day where really my only accomplishment is having not died. I like to think of it as accomplishing making a circle around the sun. That's a big distance, my friend. I much prefer to spend my birthday in quiet self-reflection of existential dread. And if there's time afterwards, buffalo wings. Well, I'll join you for the buffalo wings. So Alex... For my birthday episode, I've picked the candy that I think both you and I and our favorite listener, Heidi, can agree embodies existential dread. Candy corn. Wait, we're revisiting candy corn, Chris? Ah, ah, but here's the thing. I think we've been eating candy corn wrong. I don't think candy corn is a food. I think it's an ingredient. Okay. Yeah, so like flour, if you eat a handful of it, it's disgusting. But if you bake it into delicious bread, it's wonderful. Okay, so that explains the baked goods you brought in. So I have scoured Pinterest to find candy corn-based recipes that we are going to try. All right, because it's your birthday, I'm willing to do this. Also, we'll put all the links to these recipes in the description in case anyone wants to go ahead and try them. That way you can be the judge of whether they're good or not and really make the whole exercise of this podcast meaningless, but that's on you, I suppose. So... For our first experiment, we have candy corn peanut marshmallow bars. Okay. They look a lot like a Pearson's nut roll. And they do have a lot of the same ingredients that a Pearson's nut roll has uh, with the extra topping of candy corns. Okay. Well, I like nut rolls, so I'm willing to give this a shot. So yeah, they look a lot like a salted nut roll. To make these bars, you first mix up a layer of nuts and candy corn spread that in the bottom of a tray and then on top of that you add a layer of melted peanut butter chips marshmallows couple other things in there too spread that out on top of those i could just gloss over a couple of other things yeah. like rat poison and <laughs> human hair no uh everything in these is edible with the possible exception of the candy corn <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so that's kind of like the, that's this middle binding agent. Then on top of that, you sprinkle on another layer of peanuts and candy corn. All right, that sounds like a pretty simple process. So the flavors that we're working with here are candy corn, peanuts, and marshmallow. Simple, but potentially a very effective combination. Yeah, it's almost like a self-adhesive trail mix. Have you ever eaten trail mix before, Chris? Full disclosure, never actually been on a trail before i'm not what you would call an 
outdoor kid. I will just let you believe that it's exactly like trail mix. All right. Let's give these a shot. Let's see if this redeems candy corn. Well, we got one of three here. Let's check it out. That was pretty good. I didn't taste a lot of candy corn in there. Yeah. So in these bars, candy corn is really one of the minor ingredients. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I would say it really did taste like a nut roll and the candy corn did not detract from the flavor of the nut roll. Yeah. My first bite I took, I could taste like a little candy corn. I was like, I don't know about this, but I know that there were a couple other pieces of candy corn that I ate and I literally couldn't detect that they were in there. Were they needed? Probably not. But as far as I have eaten candy corn goes, I'm pretty okay with this. Yeah, it's really like sneaking vegetables into your kid's meal. Yeah, you're like, oh, here you go, Tommy. Here's a chocolate bar. And it's just like a chocolate-covered piece of broccoli. I mean, I don't use that tactic for cocoa because, again, chocolate would kill her. Typically, it's just... uh, I pretend that I've dropped something much more delicious on the ground. You're like, oh my God, I dropped an entire fish. Yeah. And then she runs up and she's like, oh my God, this is the best. And then eats it before she realizes what happened. Yeah. She's like, oh, wait a minute. That was a heartworm pill. No, she eats those things on normal. Like we don't have to wrap them in cheese or nothing. Or they're basically like a medicated treat anyway. But I would say though, adding candy corn does give it a nice appearance. Those little bits of color poking up over the peanuts. Yeah, it livens it up a little bit. Yeah. All in all, I would say a culinary success. Yeah, I would say phase one of candy corn as an ingredient, successful. And I'm a little bit more nervous about our next experiment. This is a chocolate chocolate chip cookie with candy corn in it. And I feel like I'll be able to detect the candy corn. Yes, this is really pushing into those boundaries of candy corn as an ingredient. There's a lot less for the candy corn to hide behind on this one. The total mass of the candy corn takes up more of the weight of the cookie than with the salted nut roll. But once again, it does add sort of a festive uh, coloring to it. Yeah. Something that they suggest is when you scoop the cookies out, make sure that there's no candy corns on the bottom because they will melt right out and onto the tray. I looked at that suggestion and I thought, that's not going to happen. It certainly did happen. Ooh. In one of my previous experiments with candy corns, I could not get them to melt for the life of me. And then this one immediately melted with no effort whatsoever. I was wondering if you could just use uh, candy corn as like a soldering agent. Hmm. Solder uh, pretzel sticks together. I could see it being used like sort of a hot glue. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, if we can implement that correctly, this could be an incredible boon to the gingerbread house making industry. Well, we'll leave that up to our next Christmas episode. Hmm. One funny thing to note, when the candy corn did melt out, it retained the delineation of colors. Oh, well, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. So it's just this big Cronenberg-esque candy corn looking out from underneath this cookie. That's terrifying. Eh, It's not the worst thing I've seen in my kitchen. Yeah, but getting back to the food here, it's pretty much a standard chocolate chocolate chip cookie with the addition of some candy corn. Now, there's usually sugar in chocolate chip cookies. Am I right, Chris? Yes. Was there a reduced amount of sugar in this recipe because there was extra sugar from the candy corn? No, but I think the amount of sugar the candy corn brings to the party is pretty insubstantial. That'd be like reducing the sugar in a chocolate chip cookie because you're putting chocolate chips in it. 
Okay. I mean, you think about it this way. The candy corn is displacing some of the dough and replacing it with candy corn. So it's not like you're melting it down and like putting that into the batter. Then you would definitely want to reduce the sugar. Fair enough. Well, I'm both excited and terrified to try this thing. Yeah. Let's commence Sinister Sounding Phase 2. So, did candy corn ruin that cookie? I couldn't tell. I mean, I literally couldn't tell if there was candy corn in there. It does add a lot more of a subtle sweetness to it, but I could definitely detect that there was that candy corn kind of component to it. So far, I would say this has generally been a success. As an ingredient, something to fill voids in sweets, it's done pretty well. Yeah, and in the cookie, it doesn't try... To play over the top of any of the other ingredients, it really plays well with everyone else. Yeah, I am very surprised because we've had a lot of nasty things to say about candy corn. And one thing I want to point out with these cookies in the original recipe, it calls for just regular chocolate chips. I had opted to put in dark chocolate chips instead, which I think really helped balance out that candy corn that was in there, too. That's why it's not over the top sugary. That was probably a good decision. Yeah. Well, so far, your birthday experiments have gone pretty well. Yeah, this is turning out a lot better than I thought it was. Now, I see the last thing we have here. They look like a couple of bricks. What's going on there? Oh, so our last one we have is a Butterfinger fudge. Now, is that made with Butterfingers? No, it is simply recreating the inside of a Butterfinger. Oh my God, I love Butterfingers. Okay. And that's actually one of the reasons I picked this recipe. Yeah, so these are made with peanut butter, white chocolate, condensed sweetened milk, butterscotch chips, and candy corn. All in all, not a bad lineup of ingredients. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, These are all melted together and then dumped into a tray. Nothing groundbreaking about how you make these. I do also want to point out the idea to get this particular recipe came from my friend Nick, who combined candy corn and peanut butter in a fun game that him and his wife play called will it peanut butter and does it yes but apparently you have to add some extra oil to it otherwise the peanut butter gets too dry oh okay so i don't actually see any candy corn in these bricks why is that that is because the candy corn is fully melted down before it is incorporated into the brick so it really is like a true ingredient at this point yes much like someone being Absorbed into the Borg Collective, the individuality of candy corn has been destroyed in order to be one with the whole system. Candy corn is really the cutest of Borg. That is saying way too many nice things about candy corn. Look, after those first two, I think we may have to soften our line on candy corn. Fair enough. One thing I was a little worried about, if you look at that list of ingredients, every single one of those ingredients is incredibly sugary. I think the thing that has the least amount of sugar in it is the candy corn. Oh, dear. Yeah, so that's my concern for them, is that they're just going to be way too sweet. Well, after the first two experiments, I'm willing to give these guys a shot. Shall we? How hard do I have to shrug in order for the mic to pick it up? Because I'm not hearing anything. I think I've come to some conclusions about the role of candy corn in baked goods. I'm listening. I don't think it matters. So far, I've effectively been unable to taste any of the candy corn. 
And I think when dealing with an ingredient, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right, but it's not necessary. None of these things you've created needed candy corn. Now, I don't think you can fully say that without having tasted a control, non-candy corn idea in a double-blind study. That is true. And someday, when we've completely run out of ideas, we'll try that. Yeah, so I do agree with you. Candy corn in this instance is a second fiddle to the other ingredients. It is enhancing other flavors. It's being its sweet self. It's doing what it needs to do. But it certainly isn't something that's so bold that's going to take center stage, like uh, chocolate or butterscotch. Those foods, they want to be in the spotlight. Candy corn, he's the stage manager. He's running the show. He's doing a lot of work, but not taking a whole lot of credit. But nor is he getting any of the fan mail. That's true. But he is playing an important role. So before we go too far into the inherent nature of candy corn, we should actually talk about this fudge. Given the lineup of ingredients that's in this, I thought I was just going to immediately want to throw up from how sweet it was. I thought it would be like just eating granulated sugar. Yeah, yeah. Like if you could somehow condense sugar into an ultra dense mass, that's what I was expecting. It wasn't too bad. It was very sweet. It was not as bad as I was imagining. It was on the level of a caramel, which literally is just sugar and fat. Yeah, the gruesome twosome. And now this is called Butterfinger Fudge. I would say it tasted like Butterfinger. Yeah, the taste was pretty close. The mouthfeel was way, way off. Butterfingers are kind of crumbly and flaky. Yeah, and I think that's just because of the fudge quality of it. Uh, Mouthfeel was off, but the flavor was there. One thing that was in the recipe that I didn't do, it asks you to melt some chocolates and then dip the top portion of the fudge cubes in there. So you do get more of that play of chocolate and filling. Oh, it does sound good. Yeah, I didn't do that mainly because I did not want to have to clean that up. I will accept that excuse only because it's your birthday. Any other time of the year, get in that kitchen, Chris. That's right. Make me a sandwich and then dip it into chocolate. That's, That's actually not a bad idea. And again, looking at this, not really being able to pick out where that candy corn flavor was other than just like a nice sweetness in there. I think it just goes to show that candy corn is not inherently gross. Like we said, it doesn't ruin all foods it touches like artificial bacon flavoring. True. So I think, and I don't want this to seem like high praise for a self-assessment, but I think these experiments went pretty well. We learned a lot of stuff here today. I would agree. What a great birthday gift. The gift of liking candy corn. I would say based on our past experiences. Yes, that is a wonderful gift. Hmm. I really wonder if it's almost some level of Stockholm Syndrome. Ah, no way to tell. No. I don't think I'd go so far as to say we've fully uncovered the nature of candy corn, but I think we're making strides in terms of candy corn research. We'll probably get the Nobel Peace Prize for this in candy corn research. Alex, if people want to tell us that we're wrong about candy corn, where can they do that? Well, they can type in Sugar Daddy's podcast on Facebook and find us there. They can find us on Twitter at Sugar Daddy's Pod, or look us up on Instagram at Sugar Daddy's Podcast. If your anger takes more than 140 characters and cannot be summed up in a photo, send us an email to comments at sugardaddiespodcast.com. Also, we do appreciate getting reviews on iTunes. Really helps with the whole algorithm situation. Well, Alex, 
one thing I've learned is I'm going to have to write an apology letter to Brox. We've clearly been wrong on the nature of candy corn. I'm still writing my love letters to Ferreric Andy. Hmm. Do you think I should put this thing in the mail or just deliver it attached to a brick through their front window? 